What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, apologetics, uh, works of charity, acts of justice, and the list goes on. I will then sit with your questions. I will pray and I will study. And hopefully I will respond in such a way that is good for you to become a saint, for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my disclaimer is this, I am not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I share with you, the responses I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to encourage you to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in holiness that does not help you to abide in your relationship with jesus christ on earth as it is in heaven but if my advice is helpful though difficult then i encourage you to lean into jesus christ in more prayer and more study and more worship and more service that way over time god could give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship if you are a first-time listener you can hit me with your own questions at www.assistionpress.com slash ask father josh spell out a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h you can also rate us and review us on itunes and other podcast formats that helps other people to find out about the show and you can share us on your social media pages again this will help to spread the word if the show has been beneficial for you and your relationship with God and the church, potentially it can become helpful for other people as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to love the homeless, how to love. Remember that Lil Wayne song? I know you had a lot of crooks try to steal your heart, never really found love, could never figure out how to love, how to love the homeless, uh, which we must do because the homeless are Jesus's body on earth. Also, we're going to talk about family members leaving the church and just how do we like, how do we process that? Uh, and finally, we're going to address struggling with infertility, the pain of, of experiencing infertility in the sacrament of matrimony. Uh, but before we get into those really good topics, we want to talk about a glory story. My glory story is this. So y'all know I love retreats. I went on my silent retreat. I have so many graces to continue to unpack and to share with you from my time with Jesus because he is my best friend. I keep around me all the time. Hey, he is my best friend. Something, something, something. Hey, hey, say he is my God, but he's also my best friend. Yeah, so, uh, but my one of my good friends, uh, Michael Parker, one of my best friends, Michael Parker. Uh, he is going to be a deacon in August uh, and great guy, great husband, great father. And he um, he went on a silent retreat recently with another friend of mine who led it, Noel, and the Lord rocked his world. And it was just a life. I was able to catch up with him at the end of his retreat to share graces and listen to their stories. And it was just so beautiful how when we give God time, when we set apart time for God and we put God on our schedule, and we say, God, as busy as my life is right now, I'm going to get away with you and have some one-on-one time with you. It is absolutely amazing what God can do. It is so amazing what the Lord can do. And so I don't know if you've ever 
been able to go on a silent retreat, if you've ever been able to give God time just with you and him alone, even if it's three days, five days, eight days, but if you can try to carve out time for him, it, it would be so beneficial. Now, if you're in a season of life where you're like, Father Josh, it is absolutely impossible. I don't have help around the house. I have kids. I have family. I have work. I have all this stuff. Then there's also busy person retreats that are available. And so um, just look those up. They're available where you can meet with a spiritual director every day for like five to eight days for an hour every day. And they will hold you accountable to carving out time on your calendar. And yeah, it just, man, just retreats are so beneficial. So if, if you've been thinking about going on a retreat and you weren't sure if you should, then maybe this is your, your push, your nudge, your invitation from the Lord to just give it a shot. Give Jesus time and watch what he will do. He will show up and he will show out and the graces are there. And even if the retreat seems very dry and um, whatever, like by you giving God that time, there will be an exponential amount of graces to unpack in the years to come. So glory story is my buddy went on silent retreat. God rocked his world. And I uh, hope and pray that, that you, you will allow God to rock your world too. Uh, he just want to rock with you. He just want to run with you. Want to pray with me? Oh, Jesus, come and stay with me. Live your life with me. I just want to abide in you. I just want to remain with you. I like the way my Jesus tells me his word in the Bible. He speaks the truth to me. He speaks eternally. <laughs> I'm crazy, y'all. I am not. I'm not writing ahead sometimes. But we also got some feedback uh, from Clarice uh, coming in. Clarice says, hey, Father Josh, I love listening to the show on my own and with my husband. Uh, I'm currently reading a book by John Charles Nault, OSB. I love the Benedictine side, the noonday devil, a Sadie, the unnamed Eve of our times. I got that book actually. Um, and one of the passages I was reading reminded me of you drinking your coffee on the podcast. The passage mentioned the inexhaustible surprise of divine love. And for some reason, my brain brought up this auditory image of you delighting in every sip of your coffee. I do. I do. I do. I do. Ooh. Remember that show? I, I do. I do. I do. Ooh. Was it uh, Keenan and Kel from Nickelodeon? Uh, Good Burger. Welcome to Good Burger. Can I, have, can I take your order? Um, that's old school. God loves us and gives us amazing and sometimes tiny gifts like a cup of coffee. And if we are attentive, we can be constantly surprised and delighted by his gifts for us and his divine love. I pray that all of us may be ever more delighted in God's creation and his love for us. Thanks for your ministry to the podcast. May God bless you, Clarice. Yes, thank you so much. God is so good to us. And there, he does. Like, he always winks at us throughout the day. And yeah, there's so much peace and joy that comes from being attentive to the presence of God and to the gifts of God that he is constantly showering us with. But what happens is I think for a lot of us, we get entitled and we become expectant. And so we start grasping at our way and at our gifts that we want. And so we're not able to receive because our hands are closed. We're not able to receive the many gifts that God is trying to give us to draw us to a deeper intimacy with him in our walk toward eternity. So speaking of gifts that some of us are not aware of, let's go ahead and jump into our first question about the homeless.
right. So first question comes in from Rachel. And Rachel, her question is how to love the homeless. And I really love this question. Number one, because it reminds me of that Lil Wayne song, which was a really good song. So this Lil Wayne, uh, obviously, he has some songs that are not great and that we should not uh, listen to. But he does have this song, How to Love. And it came out, man, gosh, how long did it come out ago? Like maybe 2013 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Maybe 2012. But he, he says this. Listen to the lyrics. You had a lot of crooks trying to steal your heart. Never really had luck. Couldn't never figure out how to love. How to love. You had a lot of moments that didn't last forever. Now you in the corner trying to put it back together. How to love. Uh, uh, how to love, uh, when you was just a young and yeah, yeah. Oh man, that, that song goes so hard. Anyways, you should, you should listen to that song. It is a great song from Lil Wayne from Louisiana, who is a baptized Catholic, uh, in Louisiana. So shout out to the body of Christ in Lil Wayne. So this question is how to love the homeless. Hey, Father Josh. I'm so grateful to have found your podcast. I'm in RCAA right now to become Catholic. Thanks to you. Oh man, praise God and the wonderful folks at Ascension. That is such a gift. Speaking of gifts, I'm so grateful to hear that. My life has been completely transformed since I started diving into Catholic teachings about six months ago. My question is this, as Catholics and disciples of Jesus, what should we do when we drive past a person or people experiencing homelessness on the side of the street? I can no longer just look the other way as I know that that's not what Jesus would do, but I also do not always feel safe stopping the car to get out. Uh, And I don't even know what I should say or do if I did. I'm a female and usually have my young baby in my car with me. We live in Los Angeles and in some parts of the city, we might see tens or hundreds of people living in poverty on the sidewalk or on a single drive. My mom always taught me growing up to not give money to people experiencing homelessness, lest they use it on drugs and taught us to give to organizations instead. However, I'm not sure the money donated to organizations always makes it to the people who need it the most. Looking forward to hearing your insights on this. And I thank you for all that you do. Praying for you and all the other listeners on the podcast, Rachel. Rachel, this is a great, great question. So I used to be a missionary. Uh, well, not, I wasn't like, you know, I did mission immersions. We're all missionary disciples. But I specifically like did a lot of missions in Jamaica, in Nicaragua, in Guatemala, and also in Calcutta with Mother Teresa's sisters, the missionaries of charity. And they actually had a rule. So Mother Teresa's nuns, they help the poorest of the poor in the slums all over the world. But specifically in Calcutta is where it began. They have homes for the dying and the destitute. They have homes for people who are dying from AIDS. They have homes for babies. They have homes for women and children um, who are abused, who are abandoned. They have all these homes. They do all this work and it's so exhausting and so beautiful at the same time. But whenever I was doing work with them, they actually had a rule in Calcutta that we could not give food to people on the street on our own. So we couldn't go in a store, buy our own food and give it to people. They said, tell the people to come to our homes like, and we will take care of them because it was so chaotic in that part of Calcutta where we were in the slums that if you were to give food to somebody, then they might get jumped by other people. And so one of the volunteers who was ministering with us uh, was just a volunteer, wasn't necessarily even a Catholic, was just someone who was inspired by the work of the sisters. She was like, you know what? I'm going to be disobedient. And I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy food. And if I see someone on the street, I'm going to give it to them right there. Um, and so she did that. And it was terrible. When this person received food from this woman, a bunch of other homeless people in Calcutta ran up to this woman and jumped her, beat the mess out of her and stole the food from her. Exactly why Mother Teresa's nuns were like, make sure you tell them to come to us. We will provide for them what they need. There's order in our houses. There's orders in our homes. And so with that being said, um, that's an extreme, extreme example, but of, of why sometimes it's not always best to give people money on the side of the street. Now, you ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Father, 
like this is why we have to remain in constant communion, constant dialogue with the father. Father, like, do you want me to give this person money? Who's asking for money? Is that what you want me to do for them? Do you want me to get them a sandwich or get them a milkshake or get them a, a water? Like, what do you want me to do? Ask the father. And if you perceive the father saying, like, do that, then then be obedient to that which you perceive and pursue that person and and invite them to a meal with you, invite them to whatever. But you don't always have to give money directly to the person because it's, they might use it for drugs. Now, at the end of the day, God will not judge you on what they did with your money. God will judge you on what you did with your money, right? So we can't control what people do. But a gift is a gift. A gift is freely given. We can't manipulate a gift. Say, I'm going to give you a gift only if you spend it this way. That's not a gift. That's manipulation. With that being said, you also care about their their good. And a lot of people who are homeless have mental illness. And so they aren't capable of taking your money and spending it on food. And so because of that, they are being abused by by traffickers, by pimps, by other people um, in the streets, and, and or they might be drawn to spending on things that are not good for them because of their mental illness. So at the very least, what the Lord expects of you to do, um, because this is, this is the body of Christ, like the homeless are the body of Christ. Jesus says in Matthew 25, if you, you fed me when I was hungry, you gave me clothes when I was naked, you gave me drink when I was thirsty, you visited me in prison, you welcomed me a stranger. So this is the body of Jesus Christ, and we don't want to ignore the body of Jesus Christ. The body of Jesus Christ is important to us and to heaven. And so we ought to respond to the body of Christ in our community by at least, at the very minimum, like encountering the person so if you're in your car, roll down your window, ask the person their name, offer them a prayer. If you have, if you could travel with a blessing bag, that's like a Ziploc bag that you could put a bottle of water in. You could put prayers in there. You could put cookies in there. You could put some soap in there, toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, and, and you can also put an information card. So at my church, I'm at right now at LSU at Christ the King. We have this information cards. It has like St. Vincent de Paul on there, Catholic Charities on there, women's shelters, men's shelters, homeless shelters. It has pharmacies that serve the poorest of the poor in our community. And so give them their, this resource, say like, look, I, I, I can't give you money, um, but I can give you this. I can, I can pray for you. I can give you a blessing bag and, and, and I'll pray for you right now. Um, and, and also I have information on this card that has resources of Catholic agencies like Catholic Charities, like St. Vincent de Paul, like Mother Teresa's Missionary Charities, Soup Kitchens, Women's Shelters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that are available to you if you need. There are numbers here. I will call the number for you if you want me to get you in touch with them. So you can walk with them in that way. But you can also give them food. You can also give them money if you perceive the Holy Spirit invites you to, but you cannot ignore them. If we ignore them, if we just put up the window, turn up the music, put our phones to our ear and act like we're talking to somebody that we're not talking to, then we're ignoring Jesus. And Jesus will hold us accountable for that. On judgment day, like he, he was so specific when he talked about hell. He said in the Bible, like you will go to hell if you don't feed me, don't clothe me, whatever. And so the way we feed and the way we clothe is sometimes by connecting them with people who can do that, with good Catholic agencies. And I know Los Angeles has a bunch of really good agencies that are available to men and women who are homeless, um, men and women who need psychological help because of their mental illness that was never addressed. There are so many people who are mentally ill, but because of poverty, because of the way they grew up, because of their circumstances, their environment, they weren't able to get access to a good therapist, a good counselor, a good licensed professional to walk with them. And so... If we see them in our community, we need to pray for them. We need to fast for them, offer masses for them, um, but then also share resources with them and in uh, their walk toward eternity because uh, they are important to God. And because they're important to God, they have got to be important to us. God, give us your mind. God, give us your heart. We want to respond to each person in our, in our walk toward eternity with your eyes, with your voice, with your ears, with your hands, with your feet, with your body. We want to be in communion, God, with your body on earth as it is in heaven. And so if we reject the body of Jesus on earth, 
then what we're doing is we're rejecting the body of Jesus forever in heaven. There is no Jesus without the body of Christ. So we can't have a spiritual Jesus who we like go visit in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament or that we listen to his voice in scripture daily and we, we go to mass and worship on Sunday, but then we ignore his people. There is, it's, it's all of Jesus or none of Jesus. So I'm either going to be in a relationship with all of Jesus or I'm going to be in a relationship with none of Jesus. Uh, so we uh, are given this great gift to uh, enter into the messiness of, of the body of Christ. And, and from entering into the mess, we're, we're going to open ourselves up to the great grace of being able to see the glory of Christ and the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. So thank you for asking that question. Uh, let me know, Rachel, if my advice was helpful. Next question comes in from Christina. Christina uh, writes about struggling with infertility. Hey, Father Josh, I enjoy your podcast very much. It has helped me in picking up the Bible, praise God, and attending adoration. I am forever grateful. Praise God. Like that, y'all, like this makes me so happy. Uh, yeah, just to be, be with God. Go be with Jesus. I love it. The more time with Jesus, the more we open ourselves up to being transformed by Jesus, to act like Jesus. I love it. My husband and I recently started a fertility journey because we have been unsuccessful for two years. Oh, God bless you, Christina. I find myself discouraged, sadness and alone sometimes because this process is not easy. However, I do understand that God is not giving me something I cannot handle. I was wondering if you have a prayer, a scripture, or a saint in mind to help me through this process. I understand I have to be very patient in my fertility journey. I, it just seems so hard when everyone is trying to give you advice or say you're doing something wrong. I feel that if God did not want me to take this step, he would hold hurdles, but I did not feel that from him. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this message. May God continue to bless you and provide you health so you can continue to guide us through the world. Christina, God bless you, Christina. I, As a celibate man, as a priest, there's no way I could ever even imagine how painful this season of your marriage is for you. I have accompanied many couples who have experienced infertility, who are experiencing infertility, um, and I just, I want to I wanna be with you. I want to... I want to suffer with you. I, I I want to accompany you and pray for you. And so I have been. I, since I read your message earlier this week, I've been praying for you and offering my mass for you and for your husband and just for this journey that you're on right now. And so a few things that I think could be helpful for you. At my parish that I left, Holy Rosary, we recently started a support group for women who experience infertility. And it's not just like a support group where they gather together and talk about their experience, but they pray with each other. They pray for each other. They pray over each other. They, they, they do share their hearts, and but they also go before Jesus together in the Blessed Sacrament. And so they're not alone. You are not alone. There are so many people also throughout the world in the body of Christ who are also experiencing infertility. There are saints in heaven who experienced it. And so I just want you to re recognize that there are people who are with you. You are not alone right now. You are not alone. And so my encouragement, and I have, I have scriptures for you, story for you, and some some uh, other things to encourage you with is a few things. Number one, I am really big in this season of my life on promoting counselors, uh, therapists. And so in addition to going to adoration and reading the Bible, I would encourage you to get a support group of other people who experience this, like a support group, uh, but also to like maybe also walk with a therapist as well. Because this is like, there's an emotional weight that is on you right now. And I just, I, re I really believe that God has given us members of the body of Christ in therapy to help us. And what is it? Spiritual directors just aren't able to. Number two, so that's mental health is support group and counseling. Number two is medical health. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with NAPRO technology, our Creighton model, but if you're not, I would just encourage you to Google it and check it out. NAPRO, N-A-P-R-O, Creighton, C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. The nurse I worked with at Holy Rosary was a Creighton fertility care specialist, and there's a doctor in Baton Rouge I also work with who has 
accompanied many husbands and wives um, in their experience of infertility, especially if they need surgery, if there's like cysts on your ovaries, or if you have endometriosis, or any other kind of thing that might require medical attention. And then spiritual health is to reach out to cloistered nuns. There are cloistered nuns all over the world to reach out to them, to tell them your story, and to ask them to pray for you. The prayers of these brides of Christ are so powerful. And if it is for your good, if it is what's best for you to become a saint, this might be one of the ways that God brings about uh, this gift, uh, because children are gifts. And and so uh, if God wants this gift for you, it might be also through the prayer and fasting of these, of these sisters. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, speaking of Mother Teresa's nuns, who I love. Years ago, my friend um, Cookie, she is uh, she's a grandmother now, but she was infertile. And her husband and her visited with Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa put her hands on Cookie's stomach and said, God's going to bless you twofold. And she went home and conceived twins. And so it's just amazing how, how the Lord... Uh, this, the graces that he works through his brides of Christ. So I'd encourage you to reach out to some sisters, some holy sisters, some nuns, closer nuns, and get them to pray for you and to fast for you as well, as well as joining an intercessory prayer group too. Uh, uh, maybe your your prayer group, your support group could be a, a prayer group as well. A scripture that came to me for you was uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And this came up for, this has been my, my jam, but this scripture was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He begged the Lord. He cried out three times the same prayer. So like, repetition like keep asking be persistent like the widow keep asking God like God if it is for my good if it is going to help me to be a saint if it's going to help me abide in relationship with you and my husband to abide in relationship with you then please bless us with a child right but like be opened like Jesus was after you've expressed your desires to God to to, to the father saying what's best for you after Jesus said father let this cup pass from me he expressed his desire he didn't grasp at his desire. He said, but not my will, but thy will be done. So after all of your prayers, always say, but thy will be done, God, because God ultimately knows what's best. Children are a gift. We don't deserve kids. We are not owed kids. They're gifts that God gives to us. And he gives us these gifts um, because he knows what we need and our walk toward eternity to abide in communion with the Trinity. And so the scripture was for you to Focus on Christ's prayer because adoration is the imitation. And so as you look at Jesus, who recited this prayer over and over again, but also surrendered over and over again in the garden, then you too will be able to, to, to express your desires to God, but then to surrender to whatever is God's plan. He has a plan for you and your husband. He's a plan for y'all to be saints, and you'll be given the great grace to respond with generosity to whatever, whatever that plan is that he has for you. So that's the scripture I have for you. Story is really cool. There's a couple I know um, in my home state who uh, they got married pretty young and uh, experienced infertility um, throughout their marriage. And so after many years of infertility in their prayer and discernment, they realized that God was calling them to be parents, that God was calling them to accompany children through adoption, to help those children know that they are loved by, by people and by God, know that they are wanted, know that they are seen, know that they are important, know that God has a plan for them to become saints. And so they perceive like we have a gift to share with children and we want to share that that gift through um, adoption. So they did, they adopted. And then I think like 20 years after they were married, 20 years of infertility, the wife went to the doctor because she wasn't feeling well and her body was feeling strange and she thought she might be sick. And the doctor was like, well, you're probably pregnant. And, and she was in her 40s and she's like, oh, no, that's that's not possible. I'm infertile. Um, I've, I, I can't conceive. And the doctor said, I'm pretty sure you're pregnant. And she found out that in her 40s, after 20 something years of infertility, she indeed was pregnant. And so 
God's will, God's way, God's time. Uh, Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, was also infertile until an older age in life. So we never know when it is that if children, biological children, are the best way for you to become a saint, um, we cannot put a timetable on when we're going to receive a gift. It's like receiving any gift of the Spirit. And we ask God, like, God, please, like, I'm open to receiving tongues, right? Some people want to pray in tongues. And like, I want to pray in tongues, God. And we can't force it. We can't manipulate it. We can't grasp at it. But we said, God, like, if you ever want to give it to me, if it's ever going to be good for me to pray in tongues or good for the community that I pray in tongues, I'm open to it. And all your friends might be praying in tongues um, at their first experience of a life in the Spirit seminar, and it might be 30 years before you pray in tongues. But like, God will give you the gift when you need it, when it's best for you, not when we want it. He gives us gifts when it's best for us and best for the other people in our community. And so um, we have to just trust in the Lord's timing. And if it's not best for us to receive a gift, God will say no. It's like the guy who was possessed by legion in the scriptures, the demoniac man that Jesus liberated from the devil. When Jesus freed him from possession, he said, can I follow you? And Jesus said, no, you stay here. So he thought it'd be best for him to follow Jesus. It's, there's nothing wrong with following Jesus as a disciple. Like That's a good thing, but it wasn't good for him to do that in that season of his life. Jesus said, you need to stay here in your land and you need to share your testimony. And so we have to embrace the place of the body of Christ that God has made for us. You are a necessary member of the body of Christ, Christina, but the Lord is inviting you to embrace your place in the body. We cannot pick and choose what place we are going to be in the body of Christ. We have to receive the gift and obediently go. And when we obediently go where God is inviting us to go in the body of Christ, we will experience supernatural fruit in our lives, but so will the people in our community. They will also experience supernatural fruit as well. For instance, the Lord has invited me to be a, a prophet in the, in the body of Christ, a prophet who will stand for and fight for racial justice. Uh, that is a, a place in the body of Christ that the Lord has invited me. I've discerned it with my spiritual director. And since I've said yes to this place in the body of Christ, I've experienced supernatural fruit um, in my ministry. I have watched people have radical conversions. I've experienced people become uh, beautiful disciples of Jesus Christ who are partners on the journey, who are praying and fasting and collaborating to heal the racial divide in the United States of America. I've also experienced profound persecution, which is fine. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I'm all about that life. They did it to Jesus, they will do it to me. But because I've embraced the place that God has assigned me, that because in 1 Corinthians St. Paul says, God arranges the organs where he wants them. So God placed me here because I've embraced this place. I'm able to witness the fruit. So there's so much supernatural fruit that God wants you to experience in your relationship with him, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, but it will only happen when you embrace the place in this season and the present moment where he's invited you to be in your walk toward eternity. And so be open. Keep your hands wide open. Keep your hands open to whatever gifts God has in store for you to walk with, for you to behold, for you to reverence. But remember, when God gives you a gift, he expects us to be responsible with that gift um, and to guard those gifts and to protect those gifts. God the Father gave you as a gift to Jesus. Jesus said that in John 17. He said, Father, they are your gift to me. And I guarded them. I protected them. I prayed for them. I taught them your word. And now I'm coming back to you. So I ask that you take care of them from here on out, right? And so the same was true for us. The Lord will give us gifts that will help us to abide with him, right? Help us to grow in holiness. But we're also called to be responsible with those gifts. So I would encourage you in this season, in addition to doing everything else I mentioned are some of the above, um, is to to focus on what are the gifts that God gave you. And the first feedback I got from one of our listeners, Clarice, she mentioned about 
is being grateful for the many, many gifts. And so sometimes whenever we are aware of a gift that we have not received yet, uh, we focus so much on that, which we don't have, that we're not able to see all the many gifts that we do have, all the many blessings that we do have. And so you have so many gifts. You have a, a husband who loves you. You have the sacred scriptures, the word of God. You have access to the blessed sacrament. Those are huge gifts to be grateful for. There are places in the world right now because of COVID where people don't have access to the Eucharist. They're not able to go to adoration. There are places like China where the communists are persecuting the Catholics where they can't even read the Bible. They, in the underground church, they're being Bibles are being confiscated and burned. And there are, are people in the world who want to get married, but they're not married and they've not found someone to accompany them in marriage. And you, you have a husband. And so there's so many gifts that the Lord has given you. So in addition to crying out like a persistent widow to the Lord for this which you believe is best for you um, and surrendering to the Father like Jesus did in the garden for that which is best. Um, I would encourage you to, to like daily pray a litany of gratitude of God. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for access to the Eucharist. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for all the many gifts that you have given me that help me to abide in relationship with you because ultimately the greatest gift that we can all desire you already have, Jesus. You were created for Jesus and only Jesus can fulfill you. Only Jesus can satiate you. Only Jesus can can quench your thirst. And so you have Jesus. And so I just would encourage you to, to allow Jesus to be sufficient. And if he wants to give you extra, be open to that. But don't grasp at anything more than what you already have in the person of Jesus Christ. So with that being said, trust that I'm praying for you. Trust that you are loved, you are seen. And even if you don't reach out to the closer nuns anytime soon to pray for you, you have a priest in me who is praying for you. And yeah, keep sending me like updates on your life, your relationship with God, and just the happenings because uh, I love glory stories. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we get back, we're gonna dive into our final question about losing members in the body of Christ. What if you could see that the infinite God is present in your life? What if it was as simple as stopping, opening your heart, and allowing yourself to be found? I'm Danielle Bean, an author, speaker, and host of the Girlfriends Podcast. In my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I share wisdom from the saints, real-life experiences, and prayer practices that help you to see, know, and grow closer to God in your everyday life, no matter how busy you are. If you've ever been inspired by stories of great saints but wondered where that leaves the rest of us, this book is for you. In it, we explore how we meet God in joy, pain, other people, prayer, and in the awesome gift of the sacraments. Join me on this journey of letting go, being still, and allowing God to meet us right here, right now, right where we are. Order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday at ascensionpress.com. All right, we are back. Welcome back to the show. Quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. That way, more people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially, it could be a gift for them as well. All right, last question comes in from uh, Clarice. It's about losing members in the body of Christ. Recently, I've been wrestling with how to come to terms with the fact that there are so many people in the world that turn away from God and may never turn back to him. I have family members that are professed atheists, although they were baptized and raised Catholic, and I'm very sorrowful that I might be separated from them forever, given the condition that I hopefully become a saint and that they reject the love of God. I understand that ultimately their conversion of heart is not up to me, so I take comfort in that lack of reversion is not my responsibility or my fault. But my question is, how do I both accept 
and love the justice and unselfish love of God that does not and would not require my family members to return to his love while also accepting the tragedy and sadness of losing members of the body of Christ, particularly those we know personally and care for deeply. Yeah, this is a, oof, Clarice, you, ah, my heart, you are, I'm with you in so many ways. Um, So very rarely do I just say this on the show when I get a question, but I'll say, I don't know. I don't know how you can accept this. Um, I don't accept to just be with God. You know, the more time we spend with God, the more he transforms us. Like Moses and the readings went up the mountain and he was transformed by being with God. So God transforms us over time. God gives us the grace to accept that which we cannot do humanly. Like there's a prayer I like to recite all the time. God, I can't, but you can. You promised you will. So Christ who abides in me, help me, help me, help me, help me, Lord. But as I prayed for you, and I did spend a, f- a few hours in prayer for you, for this particular question, uh, I was drawn again back to the Garden of Gethsemane. And just like in the Garden of Gethsemane, I believe that you know, as Jesus was like sweating uh, blood, as, those, as blood fell on the ground, and he was like oh, just in so much pain in the garden, like he saw he saw everyone who was not going to receive the gift that he was about to offer in his crucifixion for our good. And that broke his heart. That completely broke his heart. And so he also saw, though, like Mary, who would receive the gift, and, and you and I, who hopefully will persevere in, in receiving this gift in our relationship, and all the saints who did receive the gift. And that, I think, was an encouragement for him. So in my prayer for you, I was just feeling drawn to invite you to go to Jesus in the garden and to suffer with him to not fix his pain and suffering, but to console him, to accompany him, to grieve with him, to cry with him, to suffer with him who suffers, but also to rejoice with him uh, while he rejoices in the salvation of everyone who says yes to him. You know, love never forces. Because he is God and God loves, love cannot force, love cannot impose heaven on us, but love never stops to invite. Love always proposes up to the very last minute of our loved one's lives. And so you can join him there in the garden and be an intercessor there in the garden for everyone in the body of Christ who is currently walking away or who will walk away from his love for them to to turn back and to give him a second chance, to a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance to allow God to be God for them. But yeah, my invitation for you is to just be with him because you know what? Outside of prayer, I don't know how we can accept certain things, uh, <laughs> but prayer changes us. That's just the gift of prayer. Prayer changes our hearts. It changes our minds. We begin to think with the logic of Christ. Like the more time I spend with scripture, the more my mind is renewed and transformed. The less time I spend with God in prayer, the less I think with his mind. So I just want to encourage you to go with God in the garden and then to write me back maybe in three months after you've gone with the garden consistently and intentionally daily to console him, to suffer with him, to accompany him, to, to be with him, and let me know the fruits of your prayer. And because um, I do believe, you know, prayer does change us. So, yeah, uh, hopefully that wasn't too disappointing of an answer. <laughs> so uh, that's it for today's show. Speaking of prayer, let's go ahead and pray. God, you are so, so good. You are a good, good father. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. We worship you. We glorify you, God. Thank you so much for your sacred scriptures, for your word inscribed. I thank you for speaking to us in the Bible, for letting us to have the opportunity to hear your voice and to um and to to see your face in the blessed sacrament. In Jeremiah chapter seven, verse twenty-three, you say, "Listen to my voice." 
then I will be your God and you'll be my people. God, we want to be your people and we want you to be our God. We don't want to have any false gods. We don't want to have any false idols. We don't want to have anyone else that belongs in your place. So God, give us the grace to embrace the place that you have for us so that we can gaze on you day and night, hear your voice and surrender to your voice and do your will that we hear in our time of prayer with you, which is to build a civilization of love, to build a kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us the grace to not settle for mediocrity in our church, in our parishes, in our Bible studies, in our communities, in our schools, in our workplace environments, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in the priesthood and religious life, in marriage and in, in vocations to the present moment in our discipleship, God, but give us the grace to 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 allow your love to dictate every word that we speak and every decision that we make to, to suffer for the sake of the kingdom, to stand up for justice, to fight for peace, to heal the divide in our nation and in our church, God. We trust in you. We trust in your grace. And we believe that if we just give you time, that you will give us exactly what we need to surrender to your plan, to your designs, to your mind, to your dreams for us, for our people, for our families, for our community and our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Heavenly Father, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless y'all. I will see you in the Eucharist, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in heaven too. God bless. God bless.